Rap World. Your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it part of your daily routine, make it your first listen. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're talking about a beatdown. Blazers got handled. They got handled by the Jazz. And uh, we will get into all of what happened. Uh, the, the Jazz threw some junk defenses at the Blazers that they just absolutely could not solve. And then, you know, this was a bad game. This was a game the Blazers were down 32 and were getting booed in the third quarter. But I think there is, I think there's legitimately a silver lining here. And I will find it for you in the third segment. I, I, I'm, I didn't have to hunt too far to find it, but I'll find a legitimate silver lining in the third segment to close the show. But let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 122-114. If there's ever a game that hasn't been as close as that, Blazers need a 38-19 fourth quarter to make this a game, and uh, it it absolutely was not. They're down 30-38 to after one. The Blazers get back DeAndre Ayton in this game. They get back Malcolm Brogdon and still playing without Jeremy Grant. They're more whole than the Jazz, who are still playing without Jordan Clarkson and Lowry Markkinen, who returned from an eight-game absence last night against the uh, against the Knicks in Utah, sits out the second night of a back-to-back. So it's Taylor Horton Tucker and Colin Sexton and Simone Fontecchio, Kelly Olenek and Walker Kessler for the Jazz. That ain't exactly murderer's row. And you know what they did? They did the they did the Blazers like the twenty seven Yanks, thirty eight thirty after one. Jazz saw, Jazz shot sixty five percent in the opening quarter, ten of eleven in the paint, twenty paint points in the first quarter. Yikes! Blazers down fifty four sixty nine at the break, and fifty four sixty nine despite making nine three pointers and shooting forty percent from three in the first half. When you are down fifteen and you are shooting well. You are in trouble because your defense ain't stopping nobody. Nobody. And the game was over with four minutes left in the third quarter. That was the, That's it and that's all. Blazers find themselves down 92-60 with 4.43 left. And there are light boos coming from the stands. Chauncey Billups takes a timeout with his team down 32. Doesn't put his real gu- heavy guns back in the game. Anthony Simons does not check back in the game. And the Blazers lose they you know they like i said 38 19 in the fourth quarter to claw back into it but this game was not competitive was not competitive they you know cut it to 10 with 80 seconds left in what had been an absolute blowout and then you know chose not to foul with 30 seconds left because they because the game was over uh that's your fastest recap in the west blazers lose 122 114 <laughs> Shaden Sharp went 0 for 7 in the first half. Uh, the Blazers, uh, they started uh, Amphrey Simons, Shaden Sharp, Tumani Kamara, Matisse Thibel, and DeAndre Ayton with Malcolm Brogdon off the bench. And then because of how the Jazz were defending in the first half, they said, okay, we're going to put Malcolm Brogdon in the game too. So they start the second half with three guards, Sharp, Simons, Brogdon, uh, along with Tumani and and DA. And uh, Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> proceeds to airball two three-pointers. And the Blazers scored six points in the opening six and a half minutes of the second half. Made a little run there once they were down by 30-something, but they scored six points in the opening six minutes of the third quarter. The game's over. They're down 30. That's ball game. If you're a long-time listener to the program, you know that I think 29 is the number that nobody comes back from. 
32 is more than 29. That That's it, and that's all. Let's hit the box score. Uh, for the Blazers, Scoot Anderson, 23 points, 10 boards, his first ever double-double, the first rookie, according to Tom Haverstrow of Blazer Broadcasting, the first rookie this year to have a 20-point, 10-assist game. Uh, Scoot, my man Sterling, did a lot of work in garbage time, uh, but he was legitimately, um, he was a bright spot for him. Uh, 15 off the bench for Jabari Walker, uh, 18 for Tumani Kamara, who uh, I, I thought Tumani was pretty pretty solid, all things considered, for the Blazers. 14 and 9 for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Shane Sharp finished 0 for se- 0- started 0 for 7 in the first half, finished 1 for 12 with 4 points. Um, just w- wasn't good. Uh, Amphrey Simons, 9 points on 3 of 8 shooting. Uh, who did sorry who did I miss here Chris Murray had six off the bench Malcolm Brogdon nine on in his return shot all three pointers three of six from the field had two air balls on the jazz side Colin Sexton 27 on 11 of 17 shooting 24 for Simone Fontecchio who was five of five from three 23 from THT Taylor Horton Tucker uh 10 points 10 boards seven block shots from Walker Kessler who absolutely dominated the Blazers more on him in a moment uh, off the bench, Oshai Agbaji had 16. Taylor Hendricks had 10, including some uncontested dunks during a lifeless third quarter from the Blazers. Uh, six from Chris Dunn, four from Omar Yurtsevin. Uh, just that that's your box score. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> They sucked. Like <laughs> we're gonna get into it a little bit deeper here because that's the nature of the podcast. But like, they sucked. They came back and they sucked. Um, they, 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 you know, they come off a road trip and 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 you, you get your you get your your veterans back and you think you're gonna have this um this special game and 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 you have a stinker like a just absolute stinker um i will i will i'll i'll claim this one i'll claim this one on yesterday's show shout out to my everydayers if you're listening to the program everyday shout out to y'all i i truly appreciate my everydayers but yesterday's show was a mailbag episode and i talked about two players i focused on two players at the end of the program one was do brief and the other one was shade and sharp actually in um in reverse order uh excuse me that was two days ago it was earlier this week uh, i talked about uh, shade and sharp do brief in separate episodes but Celebrating my man WAP, talking about what a heater Shaden Sharp has been on in back-to-back episodes, rather not the same episode. I'm getting confused a little bit, uh, but I but I, that's who I've been highlighting this week. It's the play of Duop Reith, who's been surprisingly good, and the play of Shaden Sharp, who's been an absolute heater. And uh, Shane Sharp goes over seven in the first half, one of twelve, had one of had probably his worst game of the season, um, one of twelve on four, four points on one of twelve shooting. I thought he also had a awful defensive game just not engaged there was one play in the second quarter where he didn't switch on on a pick and roll and and Chauncey Billups he just yelled at him just put his full full extension hands out and said like what the hell are you doing and I felt the same way but I'm not um I'm not a position of authority within the Blazers franchise I'm just some dude with a microphone so um Shane Sharp gets the Lockdown Blazers curse. And then Duop Reith, who I said had been quietly the Blazers' most positively impactful player, not part of the rotation. Not part of the rotation. Ends up playing. Um, ends, up, ends up playing and, and finishing with uh, finishing with 15. Um, like, 
Of course, he gets garbage time minutes, but in the regular run of play, Duop doesn't even play. Moses Brown is the second center off the bench behind uh, behind DeAndre Ayton because they, I guess, they wanted more size. Um, I've like I don't I just like legitimately don't understand that at all. And then Ayton kind of aggravated his knee a little bit late in the first half and he went to the bench and that's when Duop finally came into the game and finally made an appearance and then he played a bunch of garbage time but if it assuming regular you know non-blowouts and regular plan Duop wasn't even gonna play he wasn't even gonna play unbelievable Locked on Blazers curse lives on um the Jazz won this game because they shot you know 50 plus percent from the field uh through three quarters and and it wasn't it wasn't particularly competitive um you know you you're shooting 56 percent and make 10 threes uh and and the Blazers shooting under 40 percent after three quarters the game's over um but they also won this game because they threw a junk defense at the Blazers that they just absolutely could not solve let's talk about the defense let's talk about energy let's talk about playing through it in the second segment we will do all of that before we get there though Let's talk about Dave. Dave is the banking app that wants to help you get rights. It's trying to help you level the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest, and then you can settle up later. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. So they'll give you some money because you need it and you're and you're strapped before payday. And then by paying them back, you can improve your credit score. Download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on MBA. That's dave.com slash locked on MBA. You get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fee. Download the Dave app. That's day eight. D-A-V-E, the Dave app, or go to dave.com slash MBA for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. All right. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about what the Jazz did on defense. Will Hardy's a good coach. Jazz don't have a very good record. Jazz might end up uh, trading away some veterans and end up with like a straight up bad record this year. But Will Hardy's a good coach. Duke can coach. Proved he could coach last year. Um, has a worst worst roster this year. Still a good coach. Um, your players play. That's the most important part. Uh, Will Hardy look and when the Jazz get a bunch of good players, Will Hardy's going to look like a very good coach. Um, he threw a box and one at the Blazers, so he put he allowed his starters you know the jazz are playing without Keontae George who's hurt without Jordan Clarkson without without uh uh Lowry Market and they're on a second night of a back-to-back the Blazers have a rest advantage they're at home um this is a game that you this is the first game all year long that the Blazers are favored to win yeah and they're down 32 with four minutes left in the third quarter and they pulled the plug and that, that was that right but the reason that they got down big was was multiple had multiple sort of there were multiple layers to it and i'll have to kind of unpack the layers here in this second segment but because they're a little shorthanded i think will hardy was comfortable throwing a funky look at the blazers so he said all right Colin Sexton, get in there and face guard Amphrey Simons, and then we'll zone up behind you. Box and one. So four guys at the zone, typically like two at the elbows, top of the key, two at the bo- the blocks at the bottom of, of, of the paint, and then you face guards Ant. And the Blazers couldn't shake it. 
they couldn't shake it. They they didn't the Jazz didn't only play that that way, but they played a ton of that box and one, and it really messed up the Blazers. It really their half court offense was horrific. I'm not even gonna I'll spare you reading the numbers from uh from cleaning the glass, but like outrageously bad. And Portland is already a bad offensive team, right? They're they're they they've you know they've been they've been pretty much bad all year on offense, and then you throw this junk defense at them that they just couldn't solve. They just couldn't solve. They did not have a have um they didn't have a solution for it. And you know, when you when you see it in the first half, I think it's like, all right. We can go into halftime. We're going to draw up three box and one beaters. We're going to throw it. Here's what we're going to do. Okay, here's how we're going to beat it. Try this, try this, try that. But they didn't come out of halftime with a solution. And when Amphrey Simons went to the bench in the in the third quarter, they played a box and one on Amphrey Simons, and the game just ended. Or excuse me, on, on Shaden Sharp. Ant goes to the bench, and they play the box on one Shaden Sharp, and the game is over. It's over. <laughs> it's just like, no, okay, well, we're not, we don't, we can't solve that. Um, but see you later. And at that point, Tronzi Bob's kind of grasping at straws. He's um, at some point puts in Chris Murray and Skylar Mays, and it's clear that the, the, this one's over, and they're just kind of like, okay, we're not going to win. Let's let's rest up. No need to play Malcolm Brogdon and DeAndre Ayton. No need to play Amphrey Simons again. Let's just get let's just get out of here. But you know, you put. Um, they didn't have a solution for it, and 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 to me, um, it's not that they didn't they didn't have it's not that they couldn't solve it. It's that they didn't seem to have a plan to solve it. I think that is the damning part here for the Blazers. They didn't they did not come out of ha- the halftime with like th- three ways that or one way that we're going to try to beat the box in one. They just never they never got there. But I think the box in one was like a, a thing that really took the Blazers out of it. But uh, this was. This was a game where they couldn't stop the Jazz. And that was the biggest problem here. The biggest problem was that the Blazers' defense was not in attendance. Um, You know, I don't typically, I won't typically, that I won't put on the coaching staff. Players got to play. Chauncey Phillips has coached them up to be a pretty competitive defense all year. Tonight, they weren't competitive. Um, That's on the guys. The guys have to play harder. Um, Some of it, Jazz shoot really well. Simone Fontecchio comes out and shoots really well early in the game. And it's like, dang, darn. And then the Blazers let that bleed over to their, uh, bleed over to their defensive effort. So, um, their a lot of their defense or a lot of their offense comes off turnovers. They're the number one team in the league in forcing turnovers. They're not forcing turnovers. Jazz have one turnover in the first quarter. They shoot 65% and the Blazers just never got wind in their sails. So it's a combination of all those things. They can't stop the Jazz and they don't, they can't get out and run. So their offense starts to suck. And when their offense starts to suck, they stop bringing it on defense. So now all of a sudden the offense has wilted because of a junk defense and a tough shooting night from their stars. Like they just needed Shaden Sharp to break. If if Shaden Sharp breaks them out of the box and one, because he's hitting shots, then they can't guard Ant that way. And it changes it. So like some of it is like Chauncey Bill is just like, Hey Shay, it would be helpful if you made shots, but he couldn't. And then they didn't have any creative solutions to solve it beyond that that and then that energy just carries over on defense the Blazers just got just stopped playing hard on defense particularly in the third quarter they were getting outworked you let a hot shooting start bleed into a lack of effort and then a lack of a plan from the coaching staff to beat a junk defense all comes together to a beat down just a classic bad energy bad execution bad plan checking all the boxes baby that's how you lose by 30 in the nba 
And yeah, I, I understand that they ended up losing by eight, um, but they lost by 30. I know when the game was over, it was over with four minutes left in the third quarter down 92-60 when the stadium was booing and Chauncey Billups decided to not put his starters back in the game. That's when the game was over. They lost it. It's hard, hard to do, but but they did indeed uh, manage manage to lose it in 32 cool minutes. They didn't need to play the final 16. Stinker, stinker. I mean, the, the, there are there are going to be these nights, and I think it would be easy to sit here and say, Sco- Scoot Henderson had 23 and 10. And if there's a silver lining to this game, it's that the rookie found his pace. I don't want to take away from Scoot's box score. He factually had 23 and 10. A lot of that came when the game was over. Scoot Henderson is not my silver lining for this one. But I'll tell you who is or what is. Join me in the third segment. I, I think there is there is a legitimate thing that you can feel good about from this game that isn't an impressive box score night from Sterling Scoot Henderson. So join me in the third segment to close the show, and I'll tell you what the real legitimate silver lining from this game is. Before we do that, stock prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, prize picks is the best way and the most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. Uh, I like it because when you Open the app. You can make your picks quickly. Uh, Prize picks right here in the ad copy wants me to tell you that you can do it in 60 seconds. You probably can make your picks in 60 seconds. Me, I'm a little more cautious. It probably takes me close to 90 seconds to two full minutes, but two full minutes, be, and I'm picking a ballot between two and six players, and all I'm selecting is more or less than the stats projections set by Prize picks. I'm not playing against sharks. I'm not playing against the field. It's just me versus the numbers. Uh, you can play a whole bunch of different sports, and if you're into it, Prize picks even has. Uh, a new setup where you can play multiple sports and combo picks. So if you want to pick three pointers made by Travis Kelsey or three pointers made by LeBron James and receptions by Travis Kelsey, they got they got a lane for you. But for me, I'm playing the NBA points, rebounds, assists. Price pick sets the the stat projections. I'm going more or less than those stat projections. And right now, if you want to get involved and have fun like I do, you can go to pricepicks.com slash LockdownNBA and use the code LockdownNBA for a deposit match up to $100. They want to match your, your first deposit you're making dollar for dollar up to 100 bucks. So if you're feeling froggy, put in 100 bucks. If you're feeling a little cautious, put in $98. If you're feeling truly cautious, put in 10 bucks. They're going to match you whatever you put in, but you got to go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA to get involved. Surprise picks, daily fantasy made easy. All right, still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Scoot Anderson was good when the game was over. Legitimately good. He had a couple cool dunks. Uh, he made he had a nice pass inside to Jabari Walker. He made a three-pointer. He had a good game. He had 23 and 10. Like he he did indeed. Um Never mind that it came against um, Omer Yurtsevin because when the when the Jazz were playing full strength and they were playing Walker Kessler behind that like box and one with Walker Kessler manning the paint just dominated the game dominated the game he was so freaking good um, he. I have watched the Jazz play a bunch this year. I think that was the best defensive game I've seen Kessler play. Most impactful, I should say, defensive game I think I've seen him play. He was great. It's great. 
and it allowed them to play that funky defense because he just zoned up and covered up the rim and said, I, you're either going to make threes and beat us or you're going to drive right into the teeth. And you'll recall the last time Walker Kessler played the Blazers, he got crammed on twice in crunch time. Um, the thing about shot blockers is you got to just live with almost getting with getting crammed on. Um, and once the Jazz, you know, once the Jazz pulled him and it was Omer Yurtsevin and, and uh, at all to close the game. Scoot Henderson dominated, dominated against lesser competition. It's what you want to see. Um, I don't think we should move the goalposts for Scoot. He just needs to play well, played well, good. But to me, that's not the silver lining. It's 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 garbage time rhythm that you hope carries over. And when it does carry over, I'll celebrate it and I'll say something like, hey, maybe those garbage time minutes against the Jazz helped him find his confidence. You know, maybe, maybe helped him find his pace. Maybe helped him find him the ability to, you know, get out and dunk in the half court. Some things we haven't seen him do. All that stuff's good. Here's here's my honest honest to goodness silver lining from this game though. This felt like an outlier. The Blazers are not very good. Let's 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 call a spade a spade. They're six and seventeen through twenty three games. Like they're not they're not very good. They're not a good basketball team. They're young. They're growing into whatever they're going to be next. Uh, but this right now in this season they're they're probably bad. It is what it is. They're probably bad. But they don't get punked. They don't get punked. You know, they got absolutely handled by OKC. Uh, and they lost the game by 28 to Philly. But really, they were that was an eight-point game at halftime, and they just couldn't hang in the second half. Sometimes it happens. This was a 15-point game at halftime that the Blazers let get away. They got punked immediately, and the ball game was over. Um, out of the 23 games, I would say the Blazers have twice played games that were fully non-competitive in the fourth quarter. The Philly game's pretty close to non-competitive, so probably three. Three, three non-competitive games out of 23. Three non-competitive losses out of 17. This isn't who they are. They are a team, and I've said this on the podcast and I'll repeat it here, is like, they have been rarely out of games and rarely in games. You know, they're just kind of hanging around. They're down by 8 or 12 forever, but they don't get punked. They don't get punked. They don't lose based on effort. They play hard enough to keep themselves in games. And they play hard enough to come back in games. They play hard enough to, to erase double-digit deficits and make other teams put their starters back in. They play hard enough that typically the final four minutes, the other team has its best players on the floor because they need to win and close out the Blazers because they're pesky. We're very pesky tonight. They were flat to start the game and it bled over to all of their other problems. And then their offense never got going against a smart jazz defense. Junky, but smart jazz defense. It's hard to beat a box in one when you have a, that really good zoned up center at the rim waiting to ruin things and, you know, block shots out on the perimeter. He blocked a three pointer in this game too. Um, I'm telling you, Kessler was was great. Um, should have stayed at Carolina, but I I think the true true reason to feel optimistic about this game is you were is it, I had the feeling watching it like who has done them very much like this doesn't happen to them very much. They're typically in games. They're typically in games. And the mark of this team has been that they are t they are, are hanging around and they won't go away and they're they are they are a tough out. And that's kind of what you hope they'll be is that they're just good enough to keep your attention up deep into games. And you'd like them to win a little bit more. That's what I mentioned after that clipper game. It's like 
that's a game you want to win up to up one with the ball with 90 seconds left because there's going to be games like this. I mean, maybe not like this where you lose by 30 to the jazz to the short handed jazz, but like there's going to be games when you play poorly and it's just like, well, we didn't have it. When you do play win, when you do play well, you want to win because, um, you know, there are going to be some nights where they're at a severe talent deficit and it's, it's just going to be really tough. So when you, when you have those nights, when you do make 19 threes in the road, you want to find a way to get a victory because you're not always going to have them. I think that if you are searching for what to feel after this game, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I don't I actually don't think that's my role at all. How I feel after watching this game is that this one felt not like a, oh no, this is who they're about to be, but oh no, we haven't seen them do this very much. You know, we've seen them come up short in fourth quarters where they just like, oh, the offense doesn't exist and they lose the final eight minutes because they cannot score. They've had a couple games this year where they've made one basket in the final eight minutes of games. It's like, whoops. But but they were in it. So the final eight minutes, right? They were in it. It's just like the, the offense disappears and that's a talent thing. It's not an energy, heart, interest thing. The Blazers got punked and the Jazz beat them with by outplaying them effort-wise in that third quarter. They blew the game open because the Jazz were playing harder than them. That's frustrating. But the silver lining for me is that that has not been the norm. Last year, it was the norm a couple times. The first year with Chauncey Billups was the norm all the time. The team would quit. Hasn't been this group. This group doesn't quit. And so the challenge for them is to continue, continue to be that, continue to be that tough out. And the good news is they got four more home games. They've been a better road team than a home team so far, but they got home games. Dallas and Golden State this weekend. So the next time you hear my voice on this very podcast, which I do every day, every weekday, we will recap to both of those games. So uh, Mavs, Warriors, look for it. Uh, Warriors game is, is Sunday evening, so look for the podcast in your feed late Sunday night. YouTube probably come out Monday morning, but if you're an audio listener, late Sunday night, check me out there. Uh, we will talk about those two games. Warriors, Warriors lost again. Seven straight on the road. <laughs> 2024 draft pick. Um, but the, the the test for this Blazer team and the test for sort of like how they're built is like, how do they respond? It's not about shot making. It's not about winning. They could lose both of these games and it would be, be fine. It is a temperament question. Do they come out and play their butts off? Do they come out and have games where they're, where the question of their effort and want to doesn't come up? Because the effort was not there in the second half tonight. They got outplayed because they weren't playing hard enough. In the words of Nate McMillan, heavily redacted, if you... Freak with the game, the great the game will freak with you. Um, the Blazers, you, you don't mess with the game. You don't play hard, you get punked. They got punked. They don't do that often. See if they can write the ship over the weekends. Talk to you Sunday nights. Tell your friends about the show. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.